Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about how the BBC is using money from British taxpayers to talk about, well, some pretty shocking things. You see, recently there was a video that I kept seeing everywhere on social media, and it was essentially about a biological female, if it's still okay for me to point that out, who identified as neither a man nor a woman and was very frustrated with the experience of getting a haircut. And while literally everyone, and I mean everyone, was ripping on that video, which we will do here today as well, don't worry, I was actually more interested in who the heck decided to put out that garbage. Like, not that I disagree with their right to put out that garbage, more just who would go through the trouble of filming that, editing that, posting that, and think, yeah, this is this is a good idea. People need to hear this story. As will probably surprise absolutely nobody, it turns out this video was produced by something called The Social, which from its Twitter bio is apparently a new talent development project from BBC Scotland. The Social being part of the BBC means that it is taxpayer funded, and I don't know about you guys, but watching that video about the haircut, knowing that it was funded by taxpayers who had to give up their money to the BBC or else be fined, that made it even worse. And on top of that, it's not like the haircut video was a one-off thing. The socials library is filled with progressive talking points. Talking points that I'm sure not everyone in Scotland agrees with, but does have to pay to propagate. So in this episode, we're going to be going through what I think are some of the most biased, ridiculous videos the social has been guilty of. But before we get into it, I have a quick message from our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. 70% of people say they want to use natural products, but only 2% actually do. Why is that? Well, it's because what they sell at the store is from the biggest companies, not necessarily the ones that are best for you. So where do you start? That's where Grove Collaborative comes in. Grove Collaborative is the online marketplace that delivers all natural home beauty and personal care products directly to you. Grove takes the guesswork out of going green. Every Grove.co product is guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet so you can save time reading confusing labels. I'm not someone who has a ton of free time, and even when I do, I don't really like to spend it at the grocery store. But with Grove, you don't have to shop multiple stores or search endlessly online to get all the natural goods you need for you and your family. So join half a million families who trust Grove Collaborative to make their homes happier and healthier. Plus, shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time, when my listeners go to grove.co slash Lauren, you will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove, a $30 value. So go to grove.co slash Lauren to get this exclusive cleaning offer. Again, that's grove.co slash Lauren. Now, are you all ready to learn about non-binary haircuts? Sometimes I need a haircut. It's really that simple. But simplicity seems to jump out the window when I head out the door into our society which has a limited capacity for people who don't fit the norm. And we're normally offered female or male. Mark the box of a tick. Please make yourself fit. But I'm more that other, if that's even an option. The very first thing I thought when I saw this video just right away is that you can walk into any Starbucks or vegan restaurant and find at least 10 people with that exact haircut. The idea that this person is so niche and far outside the norm of society as to have trouble getting a haircut. I'm sorry. No, 
No, that's not a thing. Go to a liberal city, almost any liberal city like San Francisco or Portland, and you'll find almost everybody looks exactly like that, men and women. Plus, this is 2020. Short hair on women has been a thing since at least the 60s. I mean, Twiggy, right? The world is not still divided into pink and blue. People can wear what they want. No one is saying women can't have short hair. No one is saying men can't have long hair. Women, by the way, can also wear pants now. What a time to be alive. Like I'm some thing on the outside existing beside the world as it rolls by all pink and blue in this society entirely divisible by two into woman and man. But I relate most to that ampersand and I need a haircut. This may sound mean. Honestly, it, it probably is mean, but I don't really care about the struggles of non-binary people, okay? A, non-binary is not a thing, and B, these people complain about not fitting into the categories of either men or women, but it's only because they've gone and made up a new category for themselves. You could have just called yourself a non-feminine woman and be done with it. Just called yourself a tomboy or butch or stylistically androgynous, but no, you've had to create a whole new gender for yourself so you can label yourself as part of a marginalized group. Trans people, as if, as if the experiences this woman has, simply looking like some run-of-the-mill film studies major, are at all comparable to what someone like Caitlyn Jenner goes through. This woman is not being excluded or left out of the gender binary. She is purposefully excluding herself from it. I'm not trying to deny anyone's lived experiences or anything like that. This woman can live her life how she sees fit and have her super special haircut all she wants. I'm just saying that not being feminine, not having long hair, that doesn't make you a third, fourth, or heck, even fifth gender. All right, now though, enough about non-binary genders. I think you all get the gist of it. But did you know that BBC's The Social is also very passionate about women being represented in the Academy Awards? Because of course they would be. While it is seen as expected for women to go and enjoy all the films that are male-led, it is universally seen as awful to subject a man to a chick flick. Stories that have a domestic setting like Little Women can be seen as chick flicks and having men cut themselves off from these kind of stories is so problematic. It makes us think that female-led stories aren't worthy of the Best Picture nomination. We enjoy the films we identify with. So when you have a 68% male voting body watching films about men, of course that's who they're going to vote for. Here's the thing, as a woman, me, woman, the reason why chick flicks tend not to win Oscars is because they're bad. It's not anti-female bias that led to Isn't It Romantic, starring Rebel Wilson, not winning any Oscars. And the idea that we're all drawn to movies that represent us? Yeah, maybe that's true if you're a racist, sexist, identitarian, but to most people, entertainment is what draws us to movies. See, it's, it's the entertainment part that these activists tend to forget about. And you know how I know people care more about entertainment than representation in movies? Just look at the list of highest grossing movies. The highest grossing films of all time are Avengers, Endgame, Avatar, Titanic, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Avengers Infinity War, Jurassic World, 2019's The Lion King, The Avengers, Furious 7, and Frozen 2. Who the heck is being represented in those movies? Jedi? 
dinosaurs, the Navi, anthropomorphized snowmen. And I know right now you might be thinking, all right, fun accents aside, the social sucks. But so what? They're just another BuzzFeed. Who cares what they say? Well, like I said, I would assume that British taxpayers care what they say because they're the ones funding them. The BBC is state-run media. It's a government entity. And I don't like the idea of the government being in charge of any type of media under the best of circumstances, but I feel like if you are going to have state-run media at the very least, it should, it should try to be politically impartial, right? But did any of what we just saw seem politically impartial? Why should taxpayers who don't think non-binary haircuts or not enough women winning Oscars are problems be forced to pay for videos insisting that they are? And if you're in the UK, this question, the question of whether you think it's right that your government forces you to pay for this content might finally be up for debate. As The Guardian explains, quote, claims were made that Number 10 may be preparing a new onslaught on the BBC with a threat to scrap the television license fee and turn it into a subscription service. The Sunday Times quoted a senior source as saying that the broadcaster could be forced to sell off most of its radio stations in a massive pruning back of its activities. The paper said that the number of BBC television channels could also be reduced, the website scaled back, and stars banned from cashing in on well-paid second jobs. However, The Guardian also noted that, quote, the BBC chairman, Sir David Clementy, last week mounted a strong defense of the license fee system. He warned that putting the broadcaster behind a paywall would undermine its ability to bring the country together. How? Just how is the content that the social produces bringing the country together. This is not the first episode we've done about the BBC. Over the past few years especially, it's shown itself to be full of bias and maybe even overtly hostile to a significant portion of the British population, the portion that disagrees with their agenda. Now, I'm not saying the BBC should be outright shut down, but people should have the choice of supporting them, just like how most other stations work. And if you aren't yet upset about having to fund the BBC, then wait, because we're just getting started. And before we go any further, real quick, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Parler. Conservative voices like Project Veritas and James O'Keefe are being silenced daily by left-wing tech companies who profit off exploiting your privacy and then silence your voice when you say something they don't agree with. More and more, our most important ability, the ability to speak freely, has come under assault in places that were designed for us to share our opinions freely. And with no other options, you're forced to play by their rules. Until now, introducing Parler. Parler is the news and free speech app that won't silence your opinion or violate your privacy for financial gain. Simply download the app, create your account, post, share, and speak freely. Now, can you say anything you want? Well, no, you can't threaten violence or commit actual crimes. We know that's not who you are and that's not who we are either. So go to parlor.com or visit the app store to download Parlor today. I'm on Parlor too, and you can follow me at the Lauren Chen. That's P-A-R-L-E-R.com or find us in the app store. Parlor, get news, speak free. This next part comes with a viewer discretion strongly advised. If there are any kitties in the room, I would shoo them out. What do policemen, priests, joiners, celebrities, students, postmen, and your dad all have in common? They've all been to see me. A dominatrix, as I'm sure you can figure out, is the dominant. The one who is in charge of what's happening. The one who's in control. 
A submissive is someone who yields to that control. Someone who enjoys being dominated and enjoys letting go of the reins. If you want to get freaky in your own time, in the privacy of your own home, I would hope I never have to hear about it, frankly, but fine, that's none of my business, I would hope. Why the BBC, though, would take it upon itself, why it would feel the need to produce pro-submissive or pro-dominatrix content, that I just, I, I am, I'm struggling to understand how that benefits the country or how it helps bring together the country. It just, it makes me wonder what kind of oversight does the BBC have? Who approved this video? Why did they approve this video? I mean, call me old fashioned, but I miss the days when government PSAs were about things like, hey kids, stay in school or don't drink and drive, not sexual fetishes. I'm not a full-on libertarian or anything, but I really do think it's a common sense thing to say that it's probably not the government's job to be taking money from taxpayers in order to fund videos about dominatrixes. Do dominatrices. How about you guys spend a little less time talking to the pretty lady with her boobs strapped in leather and a little more time figuring out how to fix your crumbling NHS? Everyone immediately assumes BDSM is all about dark dungeons and whips and chains, but that just isn't true. Of course, there are submissives who enjoy serving in other ways and take part in extreme forms of play, such as getting whipped or punished by the dominant. But we only view these things as strange or weird because we've been conditioned to. Wow, thank you for clearing that up, friendly dominatrix lady. I'm so glad the British Broadcasting Corporation is here to dispel my incorrect assumptions about the BDSM community. Amazing. And with that kind of sexually explicit content, you might be inclined to believe that BBC's The Social would have no interest, just mm -mm, none, in pursuing any pro-religion videos. I mean, <gasps> religion, the worst thing ever, so judgy and rigid. But as it turns out, you'd be wrong, depending on the religion, of course. In Islam, we believe that we are born God-conscious, but can be raised in different ways. I was raised as a non-Muslim. Therefore, me becoming Muslim means that I've reverted back to a state of God-consciousness. I don't believe I would be the way I am if it wasn't for Islam. I am more caring and considerate. I contribute to a wider community and I'm achieving things I don't believe I would have if it wasn't for the lifestyle I lead. Look, I studied Islam in school. It was actually my minor. So obviously I do think it's beneficial for people to know more about different types of religions, not not for conversion purposes, but I mean, there are billions of Christians, over a billion Muslims out there. These religions and others have shaped history and continue to shape our world. So yes, I think it's valuable to know what their believers actually think. I'm not against interviewing a Muslim woman about what her beliefs are, but parts of that video seem to cross the line of a Muslim woman sharing her experiences with Islam into actual propaganda for Islam. There is no second-class citizenship in Islam. Men and women are seen as equal. For example, there is an ayah in the Quran that states, the Lord responded to them, I never fail to reward any worker among you for any work that you do, be you male or female. You are equal to one another. This stereotype comes from the culture of a few countries in the world. It does not exist 
and the religion. We don't have time today to get into a whole discussion about Islamic apologetics, but let's just say that it seems strange why the BBC would feel the need to make a segment quoting the Quran in defense of Islam being a kind and benevolent religion. Just why? Why would they do that? Last I checked, Islam is not the state religion of the UK. At least not yet. This is another case of that weird alliance between the progressive left that loves degeneracy and also Islam. Even though that doesn't make any sense because Islam hates degeneracy, and if any of these people actually went to a Muslim country and said the, the awful things they're saying on their channel, let's just say their safety would be in jeopardy. And sure, there is a video about being a Christian by the social as well, but it's, it's so ridiculous, I genuinely cannot tell whether it's parody meant to make fun of Christians or they just happen to choose the most cringy Christian to be in their video they could find to make the whole thing look just like the worst thing ever. Hi, I'm Fraser, and there are five things I love about being a Christian. Taking us Jesus as the boss, he helps us live the best life we can. There are some rules to do this, like love all, forgive all, and of course the age-old faith. No sex before marriage. Praise the Lord! One of the things that we do is pray. We pray when we don't know what to do or when things aren't going our way. India. Okay, that's enough of that. The social should be free, like any media organization, to make whatever terrible content they feel like. But the fact that they're doing it now on the taxpayer's bill, that's not right. My dear Limeys, ask yourselves, do you want to pay more in taxes so that social justice activists can spend their time making and posting videos about non-binary haircuts, chick flicks not winning the Oscars, BDSM, and the benefits of Islam? That, that may seem like a ridiculous question, but that is in fact where your country is at right now, but don't feel too bad, because Canada is right behind you and from the looks of it, Countries like Sweden and Germany, they've just, they've left us all in the dust. That's all I have to say for now though, and as always, I would love to know what you guys think about all of this. Do you think it's appropriate for taxpayer money to go toward this type of content? And do you support the idea of the license fee to fund the BBC? Or do you think they should move to the subscription model? Let me know, but that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.